On Sunday the 29th of November, Liverpool defender Andy Robertson will be speaking to the Liverpool Echo live on Facebook from 7.30. As well as speaking about his charity, AR26, and his book Robbo, Now You're Gonna Believe Us, Our Year, My Story, he'll also be answering your questions. If you want to put your question to Robbo, simply follow the link in the description of this podcast fill in the form and press submit. It really is that simple. Remember, Sunday the 29th of November, 7.30 on Facebook. Just follow the link, fill in the form, and Robbo could be answering your question. This is the Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel, bringing you all the big match reaction with views from the press box, the dugout and the stands. Liverpool nil Atalanta 2. The Reds missed the chance to book an early ticket through to the knockout stage of the Champions League. I'm Guy Clark. Welcome to the post-game podcast here on the Blood Red Channel as we react to a flat night at Anfield. Coming up, Jurgen Klopp gives credit to the visitors for their game plan. Then it, then you only face the difficulties of this kind of man-marking system. If you move right, if you pass in the right moment, then it's like an open door. And um, that's football. Um, it's all about decision-making. Tonight, decision-making was obviously not uh, not so good. The Echo's Liverpool correspondent, Paul Gorst, on what he saw at Anfield. The 7-2 defeat to Aston Villa aside, this was probably as bad as it's been for years under Jürgen Klopp. It has to be said that really was that desperate. Liverpool didn't have a shot on target. Plus, our contributors react to the Reds' team selection. I love Origi. I'm sure we all do. Um, Madrid will long live in our hearts he's he's a legend in that respect but I think he can't he can't be here much longer he he's not what this team needs insight analysis and opinion all to come right here on the post game podcast the post game podcast on the blood red channel Liverpool's stranglehold on group D in the Champions League has been loosened with a 2-0 defeat here at Anfield against Atalanta uh, goals from Joseph Ilicic and uh, Robin Goosens doing the damage to Liverpool on a night that uh, Jürgen Klopp will want to forget quickly. It really was uh, a desperate evening for the Reds. Um, the 7-2 defeat to Aston Villa aside, this was probably as bad as it's been for years under Jürgen Klopp. It has to be said that it really was that desperate. Liverpool didn't have uh, a shot on target. Mohamed Salah probably came the closest to scoring in the first half with his uh, rifle to shot. Uh, went over the bar and Liverpool uh, never really looked like scoring at any other time. Nico Williams had a shot that was blocked and that was probably about, about as good as a got for Liverpool. It really was that desperate. As I say, um, Liverpool um, still top of Group D. They're on nine points with um, tonight's victors, Atalanta uh, and uh, Ajax on to seven. But Liverpool still have their own destiny in their own hands. Uh, if they get a point against Ajax in six days' time, they're still through to the last 16 of the Champions League for the fourth successive season, but they'll have to improve significantly if they are to get a result against the Dutch side uh, this time next week. Uh, Jürgen Klopp made five changes in total for this one. Um, Kostas Simakas come in for his Champions League debut at left-back. Nico Williams at right-back and Reese Williams at centre-back alongside John Matip. Um, but um, the uh, Italian side, who were known for scoring so many goals, of course, they punished the inexperienced defence and Liverpool uh, didn't really have an answer Um in attack, I mean, this was a Liverpool team that had Mohamed Salah and, and Sadio Mane in it, by the way, and, and Divock Origi played the first hour before uh, Jürgen Klopp made four uh, substitutes, Diogo Jota, Roberto Firmino, 
uh, and Fabinho and, and Andy Robertson all coming on for Liverpool, but um, they did little to kind of inspire them and, and um, get them on on the front foot as far as a comeback went. Liverpool have to take the medicine on this one. They really were poor throughout, and Jurgen Klopp will be making no excuses at a time when he probably could point to the fixture pile up and the growing injury list. But um, no excuses will be made. Liverpool were really poor tonight. It's uh, finished Liverpool nil, Atalanta two. The Liverpool Echoes, Liverpool correspondent Paul Gorst at Anfield as the Reds fell to a 2-0 home defeat to Atalanta. Josip Ilicic and Robin Gersons on the score sheet for the Italians with Ajax beating Midtjylland 3-1 in Group D's other game leaves the Reds needing to beat Ajax at Anfield next week to secure a place in the last 16. Let's now though hear from the manager Jurgen Klopp speaking in his press conference after the game. Jürgen, obviously we're not used to seeing your side not get a shot on target. Just why didn't it click for you guys tonight? Good question. Um, hmm. It's a mix of a lot of things. It's and, uh, The opponent obviously defended good, aggressive, bam, bam, bam. How they defend. We didn't use the their the specific things of their... Of their um, Defending this man-marking thing where you can move players around, open gaps and pass the ball there. Um, so like really open gaps, crazy open gaps. We didn't use that tonight. We used that at Bergamo really well. Um, so that then it then you only face the difficulties of this kind of man-marking system. If you move right, if you pass in the right moment, then it's like an open door. And um, that's football. Um, it's all about decision-making. Tonight, decision-making was obviously not and not so good um, and yes we made five changes so that was very important for us that we that we did that in the end it didn't work out um, that's part of the deal you don't ever know before um, and anyway I would do it again um, and so that was um, the reason so maybe means five changes no, no real rhythm first half was was not a good game at all so um, um, they were not good as well. <laughs> I don't want to blame them, um, but it was just not a good game. And and then we thought second half we can we spoke about it. So now we can do it. Maybe didn't look like that's why we changed them kind of early. Um, and unfortunately, like a second before um, the goal, uh, before we could change, they scored a goal. The first one um, in a space which we knew they tried to use. Um, couldn't defend it in that moment. Yeah. So they scored the first one and the second one in a similar manner. Um, and we didn't create. So that's it. We had we had good, better football moments then, but not good enough. So if we don't have a shot on target, that's never a good sign. Despite the disappointment, though, how would you have felt if you'd been told at the start of the campaign, beat Ajax at Anfield and you will qualify for the knockout phase of the Champions League? <laughs> If I would think like this, then it would be great. Yeah, so it's, um, but it's tricky. Um, sounds so easy to beat Ajax um, with all the challenges we face in this country on top of the normal challenges already. Um, my my concern, my, my what I think about in a moment is not Ajax Amsterdam. Sorry. So so I we go in a few hours to Brighton. And um, and play there. So that's the first thing we have to think about. And when when this game is over, um, then we start thinking about Ajax. Okay, Vinny, do you want to ask the third question? Because I know you've got to to, to ask it on uh, Maradona. Yeah, sure. 
Yeah, Jürgen, as well. Obviously, there was a moment, uh, a poignant moment before the game as well, in memory of, of Diego Maradona. I just wanted to get your reaction, obviously, to the sad passing of a footballing icon. 100%. I, I had the honour to meet him once. Um, um, as a 53-year-old man, loving football as long as I can think, he is one of the greatest ever was one of the greatest ever. Um, and I saw not so long ago the documentary, which was, which I think is exceptional, to be honest. And you could see um, there was Diego, which was an unbelievable football player. And there was Maradona, who struggled slightly with all the things around. Um, when you're a young person and the people go crazy when you, wherever you go, that's not so easy. And he had his his fights with that 100%, but I will miss Diego and Maradona. So, because he is just an, yeah, he was just a, what the footballer he was, unbelievable. Okay, we've got Ellie McDonald, and then we go to Patrick uh, from, uh, uh, who's, who's on the, the screen. Patrick, you'll have to let us know if you're going to speak in Italian or English. Um, but first of all, Ellie first. Si, parlo in italiano. Parlo in italiano, si. Perfect. Ellie first. Ellie. Yeah, I will be speaking Italian though, so that's right. Back to the uh, Diego news. Um, can you just talk us through uh, what you think of the contribution someone like him, an icon of football, has has made to the sport? Yeah, he showed all of us what would be possible if he would be. So it's, we all think struggle obviously and fight with our limits as a football player. So is it technique? Is it endurance? Is it um, attitude? Whatever. And he just showed us. Um, that um, you don't don't have to be the tallest. You don't might maybe don't have to be the most busy person in training. You don't have to be um, always in time. You just um, it's possible that you still can be the best player in the world. And um, he loved this game so much. You could see that in each in each second um, when he when you watched him playing, um, even his warming up was special. So, um, yeah, so there was some, so it was Pele for German people, it was Beckenbauer. I don't know exactly who was it for England, but we all had these, these absolute heroes who, 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 where it looks really completely easy football. It looks like there's no effort necessary. Um, and, but they trained a lot and they were just skilled and they understood the game on a completely different level. And that's what Maradona did as well. He understood the game on a different level. He knew what other players would do before they knew what they will do. And um, so that made him really special. And of course, he, he, he pushed football on a on a different level, clear. Okay, uh, last two questions. We've got Patrick. Patrick, can you wait till the manager has his headphones in? I hope, I hope this works. If it doesn't, I haven't really got an alternative, I'm afraid, but uh, let me a second. Yes, fire away, Patrick. So you should be able to hear me now. Um, my name is um, Patrick Ianelli. I just wanted to ask you, what didn't you have tonight that you normally have when you play Liverpool? And then um, what do you think about your defence? Because it seemed to um, commit a few errors today. Um, it's not about it. We made five changes and it gives, gives you a few 
problems with rhythm, but we usually get that through in a game. Uh, but Atlanta was was good. Atlanta fighted. Atlanta defended well. That's why we didn't have um, um, shot on target. Uh, my defense was completely fine until, uh, uh, apart from two situations, and um, that's that's how it is. But Atlanta did well in these moments. So, um, and just we have to admit, but just it's a deserved defeat. I said it a couple of times. Doesn't sound nice, but it's the truth. And so, congratulations to Atlanta Bergo. Fantastic. And then, last question uh, is Carl Markham. Uh, just Carl. Hi, Jürgen. Hi. I, I know there are probably not many positives to take out out of tonight, but. Um, Forms of Reese Williams, more minutes for him. You must be pleased that he's he's getting this experience at this level. Oh, the kids did really well. So all of them. Um, Nico did well. First half, he defended very often, <laughs> not alone, but he was really aggressive in his situations and could sort the situation. So it's a tough, it's a tough task for the kids. So just um, we ask them to show up in the Champions League and play your best football, and people sit there. Oh, he's good. He's not that good and stuff like that. They did all well. Reese did well. Nico did well. And Curtis. Um, played again like a 26, 27 year old midfielder. So um, didn't get tired during the game, which is helpful. Um, so did really well. So the kids were, were really good. Jurgen Klopp paying tribute to the late Diego Maradona as well as reacting to the result at Anfield against Atalanta. Coming up, we'll sample the opinion in our Blood Red podcast Facebook group. Before we get to that, though, here's Ross with his thoughts on the night showing at Anfield. Very, very disappointing 2 0 defeat, and Liverpool just not at the races there today. Klopp's made wholesale changes, obviously, with the runner games coming up, and you could say it's it's backfired on him there today. Um, really, really poor performance. Defensively, uh, we had the two Williams lads in, and the new signing, Timikas. Thought they all struggled, really, defence. Yeah, but. I don't even want to really go through the team. I think the whole team are poor, weren't let's, let's be realistic. Everyone struggled. Tempo just didn't get going. Disjointed. The press wasn't there. Everyone looked off the pace, yard after pace. Yeah, the changes have obviously made a big difference in the, you know, in the side. And we just did not get going. And Atalanta, I thought first half, they were, they were okay. They, to me, they didn't have any great quality in the last third. They had probably a bit more possession, but no real quality in that last third in the first half. And you're thinking, half-time, bit of a talking to from Klopp, and we might get a bit of change in tempo and change in fortune, but it didn't happen. Came out the, the, the same, really, in the second half. All the lads struggled. Um, he was just about to make his four subs to try and get a bit of momentum going and the breakthrough came they go 1-0 up for Milic I think it was a cross it was a good build up to be fair they had a lot of possession in the build up and probably was a deserved goal the four lads came on and then a matter of minutes later it's 2-0 up the second goal goes in it's game over again a little bit too easy cross down with headed lads unmarked in the six yard box 2-0 game over yeah so really disappointing but what what can you do we know we've got these games coming up thick and fast every three days now for god knows how long and he's gonna have to make some changes yeah there's gonna be a, a bit of an outcry we could have won the group tonight and Rested players, I understand that, but he still had to rest some players as league games coming thick and fast. And 
he thought he'd have enough to get the job done. It didn't work out that way. We're still, in the grand scheme of things, we're still comfortably going to go through in this group, surely. I think we just need to get one win to guarantee to go through and surely you've got to back us against that either Ajax at home or Mitchell in the way. Surely we should be getting the results there. So I'm not worried about that. Um, Atalanta, yeah. I thought they were, particularly the second half, once the goal went in, they, they stuck at the task and they seemed to get an extra you know, yard of pace in the legs. The number 10, Gomez, I thought, pulled their strings up front. Uh, well, he sort of behind the forwards, wasn't he, midfield? And yeah, they didn't have any genuine pace, really, but it was good, neat, tidy stuff. And in the end, the pressure paid off. They got the two goals, and yeah, I say the number 10 was good. There's a lad at the back who was good, I forget his name now. But yeah, well organised side, not well beaters, but good side. So yeah, disappointing, but we've just got to forget about it now. The game's come thick and fast, like I say. Um, very short turnaround. Brighton, Saturday lunchtime is at half twelve, and then we've got Ajax midweek again. So we only we only need three more points, I think, here to, uh, mathematically, two or three points, I think, to guarantee to go through. So I'm not too dis disheartened. Disheartened with the performance. It wasn't a Liverpool performance. I don't think we even had a shot, to be honest, from what I can remember. Very, very forgetful game of football and. Like I say, I don't want to go through and slag individuals off. That's not the way I like to do it. The sides were poor from front to back. And we've just got to forget about that one now. Go on, go on Saturday, get the points in the league and then hopefully get the job done against Ajax and then we won't even have to worry about the last game. So, yeah, disappointing, but it's going to be a long old few weeks and months now coming up. So there's going to be some ups and downs. This is definitely a down. Let's just make sure Saturday is enough. Come on, Reds. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Mark Baker reflecting on Liverpool versus Atalanta in the Champions League. A game in which Liverpool were well beaten. I thought Atalanta were well worth the win. Really hard watch for Liverpool, I must admit. I mean... There's mitigating factors, obviously. I mean, Atalanta, you could tell, were a team who really suffered at the hands of Liverpool last time. And I remember saying in the podcast, I couldn't believe the Atalanta display when Liverpool went away from home. I mean, no pressure on the ball whatsoever in a, in a team in which don't have great mobility in the back line. And Liverpool was just so comfortable and were almost able to create chances at will, really. It was the... The perfect example of how not to play against Liverpool. And Atalanta definitely went in with a mentality. And you could see that from the way the, the celebrations at the end. It was definitely a game that targeted as one they wanted to uh, put the wrongs right. And obviously get an, uh, a foothold within the group as well. Which obviously more importantly. And I felt they did that. Rather than how they approached the opening uh, round of the two fixtures at home. They engaged with much more higher pressure and really focused on disrupting Liverpool's build-up, almost going man for man. I mean, they'd normally leave one player in the back line a bit freer, which was a lot of occasions Necho Williams before applying some kind of pressure. And essentially, it became individual battles a lot around the, the field and it was never one. Liverpool looked anywhere likely look, uh, coming to win in terms of speed of force 
aggression and mentality. Atalanta ticked every box that Liverpool didn't. Liverpool were suffocated very often and found it really difficult to actually find the way out of their own half. Second balls were all won by Atalanta when they went longer. And positionally, and as a coaching performance, I thought Atalanta were outstanding. You know, everyone will focus, focus on how Liverpool played, but I don't think Atalanta have brilliant players. Don't get me wrong, they have, they have good players for the level, but not brilliant players. And I felt the way they combined the two in terms of mentality, their attitude towards the game and the positions on the field of play and making it them individual battles found Liverpool wanting really. And obviously Liverpool came into the fixture off a backload of um, games over the last few weeks and a, and a really good performance against Leicester. And you could see there was potentially a mental drop-off as well from Liverpool. I think when you make that amount of changes to a side and in key areas as well, when you, you know, you're changing three of your back four, obviously Firmino is such an important player in the way that Liverpool play and the, the balance of the team to link up. It, it's always going to be difficult to have that cohesion. And very often I always think about games in like the League Cup or the FA Cup and, you know, people are very quick to judge players, but they're around other players who don't normally play and it makes for a real a really difficult um, combination to have any fluidity within the game. So obviously that doesn't help going in. But I felt that Atalanta were mentally sharper and physically sharper than Liverpool. I also believe that, having said all of that, because I don't feel Atalanta have great threats in the final third, as much as they were getting... Uh, much better opportunities than Liverpool, obviously. I never really felt they looked likely to score a goal. However, that is where Liverpool, I suppose, miss them players who, in key moments, can ride out situations in games in which uh, the opposition will you know, make territory and, and have half chances and, and be able to gain a result out of the game. And obviously, the first goal... Simicast, the left-back, who I felt really struggled on the day. Lost his man at the back post at a key, a key moment in the game. And then the second goal, it was really, it's really a struggle when you watch it again for Reese Williams. I mean, to, to almost be caught under the ball and he got attracted to a player in field and then it, it was a bit of a painful watch to see how it finished in the end in, with a player free in the six-yard box. But that's that's what's going to happen. There's a lot of games. I mean, it's not not a normal lineup that Liverpool would go into play Atalanta, I suppose, at home in a Champions League game. So you've got to factor all that in. I mean, listen, some of the younger players I felt really struggled, but some of the new players like Simicast struggled, but also all of the experienced players really struggled. It was a poor performance from everyone all round, and. I believe that Liverpool's positioning on the field of play, I mean, again, it's difficult sometimes because you watch them without being able to see the full pitch on the telly. But it did seem like the midfield position of the three midfielders were much too deep. And I think there almost had to be a recognisation, especially from the likes of Jones and Milner, who I mentioned in the last podcast, actually, has really been below the level, really, to play in central midfield for Liverpool over a consistent period of time now. And they needed to, for me to adopt much higher positions and trust that the back line could distribute the ball and build up the game much more fluently than they ended up. Obviously, you've got to factor in that Liverpool are you know, missing the likes of your Van Dijk and Alexander-Arnold who are fantastic passes of the ball and allow them to escape pressure, especially by playing longer balls, 
when you come under that kind of individualised battle that Atalanta made in Liverpool's defensive third. So it's always going to be more difficult. But I believe that them centralised players either side of Van Alden had to take up slightly higher positions in their rotations, which would allow then the ball to be hopefully transferred to them. Uh, whether that be you know a defensive player stepping out and engaging and, and opening up space that way. And obviously it doesn't happen help when you, you you two world-class players at the front end of the pitch really struggle. I mean, Sadio Mane, I, I don't think I've ever seen him play as badly. And I think with the problem, obviously, with playing Origi is it's such a different player. Obviously, he plays on the last man, which means he doesn't then drop into midfield to create uh, an overload, which would have helped in the game, obviously, by, by having Firmino. I know he came on later in the game, but the pattern was almost set then. If you had Firmino in there, that gives you another option in which to to build the game in them central areas and potentially find loopholes in in Atalanta's pressure. Uh, so number of factors, you know, you factor in all the things that make a good performance in football, mentality, um, tactics, which I felt the Atalanta manager got spot on, and I felt Klopp was found a bit wanton on this occasion, which is going to happen from time to time, and obviously the cohesion made by lots of different players within Liverpool's side, which Liverpool have got no choice but to do at this moment in time. It just so happens that probably on this occasion, coupled with the factors I've identified, it meant that they were way below par and they'll look to improve, obviously, going forward to Brighton. Hopefully they can recover some midfield players. The likes of, listen, I don't want to say T.R. at the moment because we don't know where he is, but Henderson and players like this and, and give them more options because I did feel that with all the things I've just mentioned, he did look a bit uh, leggy in that, in that area today. So disappointing result, but obviously got to be some perspective. Mark Baker with his take on where things went wrong for the Reds against Atalanta. Time now, though, for some reaction in our Blood Red podcast Facebook group. The first few focusing on one topic, certain Divock Origi. Bob O'Hanlon writes, always supportive of anyone who wears the shirt, but surely tonight is proof that Origi is not up at the levels required of this team. Jay Dodd says, think Divock is done now. Can't see how he gets a game unless more injuries come into it. Can't really see a positive out of this very poor performance all over the pitch. Hopefully the lads can put it behind them quickly. David Allen says these kind of nights happen and I don't think we can get too carried away with criticism. I do question why Origi's still in the frame. He looks well off it every time I see him. Elsewhere, Graham Turner-Shaw says, well, not too much to say about that performance. To be fair, they deserve the first. Shaw will bounce back at the weekend and Shaw will do the business against Ajax. Up the Reds. Robert Hall says, just a bad night. Five changes to the team that cruised past Leicester and people wonder why it was a flat performance. Two teenagers in defence, another in midfield. There will be inconsistent performances. Still have nine points from four games in the group. Move on, barely time to wash and dry the shirt before the next game. And rounding it all off on another positive note, Sarah Downey Ruiz Velasco says, still top of the group, still in our hands. We go again. For more of that, head to Facebook and search for the Blood Red podcast and join the group. Get involved in your comments. Could well be shared here on the post-game podcast. Final say for this edition goes to Hannah. 
Well, that was disappointing um, on every level. Even, you know, we expected there to be quite a few changes to the lineup, given the ridiculous fact that we played Brighton at 12.30 on Saturday. But you would still expect something a little bit better than that. To be fair to Atalanta, they played really well. Um, They made it scrappy. Our players got kicked a lot. And the ref wasn't giving anything, um, which was frustrating because it really hindered our game. But that's that's the way that Atalanta wanted to play it. And that's the way the game went. And we were unable to, you know, take the game by the scruff of the neck and play the game that we wanted to play, um, which I think is probably what Klopp will be most disappointed in, is that we didn't get to play our game. But it's not so much the youngsters I'm disappointed with because... The odd mistake. I, f- I feel like Reese Williams in particular, I mean, didn't put put a foot wrong pretty much all game. And then for the second for, for the second goal, just I don't know how their players completely unmarked in the box, to be honest. But but on the most part, they, they didn't put a foot wrong. So it's not so much them that I'm frustrated with. I'm more frustrated with the senior players, the big hitter players that you would expect to show some leadership on the pitch and actually take control of the game and create something because Mane in particular I think looked off it and I I hate slating Mane because he's arguably one of our best players and has been for a long time but tonight he just didn't look bothered he just looked completely off it which was disappointing to see Origi didn't help at all I don't get me wrong I love Origi I'm sure we all do um, Madrid will long live in our hearts. He's he's a legend in that respect. But I think he can't he can't be here much longer. He he's not what this team needs. And the fact that we have Diego Jota and how much of an impact Jota has had s- says it all, really. Um, but I I want to see Origi play as few games as possible because. Our front three and Jota is is the business, and that that's what will get us goals. Not Divokarigi, so he he was pretty disappointing. Samikas was an interesting one. I thought his crossing was very good. He put quite a few good balls into the box that you know had a had someone got there. I mean, very good balls in could have could have been a different story, but defensively he wasn't quite at it. Um, there's a few shaky clearances Um, defensively as a whole we probably weren't great but again when you think about the back line that we had that sort of makes sense when the substitutes were made it was the right subs to make and you think at that point that could change the game but the fact that we go a goal down right before (laughs) suddenly makes their job a hell of a lot more difficult had it been nil-nil so that's frustrating but I think the most annoying thing is the fact that we didn't have a single shot on target even with the makeshift team that we had you would still expect us to be able to create something but we're unable to do that even with the players that we have so it's it's difficult to pinpoint exactly what went wrong because I think it was just a combination of things it just wasn't just wasn't going for us and heads went a little bit I think you know the changes were understandable personally I think I would have preferred us to 
have maybe gone a little bit stronger for this game just to just to secure a result obviously at the point where Ajax are winning we needed to win in order to secure our spot in in the round of 16 but I think a win if we'd have just won tonight then obviously that sort of makes the job for the rest of the group a lot easier but we never do it the easy way um so we could have made things a lot easier for ourselves tonight but it's happened to us before and we've gone on to win the competition so I guess that sort of puts things into perspective that you know a loss in the group stage isn't the end of the world but it just especially with the fixture congestion as well it just would have made things a tiny bit easier and I think that's why Klopp eventually made the four subs and just went for it. A point on Minamino though, the fact that he didn't get on until 84 minutes and the fact that he was on the subs bench over Origi, just, I don't know what he's doing wrong. I really do want to see more of him. Um, I do feel like he can't be much worse than Origi, so I'd definitely like to see him given the chance, should we need to make those sorts of changes again. But a disappointing one, hopefully we can turn things around against Brighton. Hannah Pinnock with the final word here on the post-game podcast. Well, the Liverpool.com podcast will be with you on Thursday afternoon, as well as Friday's Blood Red podcast, building up to the visit to Brighton and Hove Albion on Saturday. Also, a quick word about our upcoming live across on the Liverpool Echoes Liverpool FC Facebook page this coming Sunday, the 29th of November at 7.30. Andy Robertson will be speaking about his AR26 charity and his book, Robbo, Now You're Going to Believe Us, Our Year, My Story. As well as that, he'll be taking some of your questions to check out the description of this podcast for the link to the question form. All you've got to do is fill it out, press submit, and who knows, Robbo could well be fielding your question. But for now, though, thanks for your time and your company here on the postgame podcast. On a night, the Reds forgot their shooting boots, perhaps having already packed them for the weekend trip down to the south coast. You've been listening to the Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel.